Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Thursday, August 4th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And it includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Addison Colombo. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Let's get started with today's headlines. The ferry to Staten Island is facing some major disruptions. That's right, Taylor. Many workers called out yesterday, but it's not exactly clear why just yet. Mayor Adams says that the disruption is due to workers calling out sick in protest. However, the union representing these workers says there's more to the story. Staffing shortages and contract disputes have hurt the industry. Services were suspended until 7 a.m. this morning, a problem for early commuters. Now, the ferry is continuing to run hourly instead of every 15 minutes for the rest of the day. Things are heating up once again. Con Ed has sent warnings out to customers from the five boroughs and Westchester to limit their power usage this weekend. With a heat wave on the way and temperatures in the 90s until next week, they're worried about possible power outages. Con Ed suggests closing blinds and doors and keeping air conditioning filters clean to try and lower the energy needed. Governor Hochul is also warning residents to take necessary precautions and look out for one another. Heat is the number one weather-related killer in the country, so make sure to know the signs of heat stroke. For more information, visit health.ny.gov. SoundCloud is heading in a new direction, but at a heavy cost. The streaming platform will be laying off 20% of their employees in the U.S. and U.K. SoundCloud has already announced their new fan-powered royalty distribution system. It's supposed to focus on helping smaller artists. Another streaming platform is in the news today. Spotify is hosting a pop-up event in Greenwich Village this afternoon. The pop-up is an immersive experience based on artists, podcasts, and everything else you can find on the platform. There is currently a hunt for a beloved bodega cat in Brooklyn. Anyone who stops by Green Olive's Deli and Grill wants to see Boca the Cat. However, a man swiped the cat right off the street last Friday and hasn't been seen since. Boca's owner, Abdul Majid, filed a police report and hopes to be reunited with Boca soon enough. Speaking of animals, there's now an alligator living in Long Island? (laughs) Yup. A five-foot American alligator named Zachary was surrendered to Suffolk County officials this week. The unidentified owner brought Zachary to Long Island from out of state but without a permit to do so. After realizing they couldn't properly care for him, the owner dropped Zachary off with the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or SPCA for short. The owner won't face any criminal charges due to a new rule that says owners who surrender their exotic animals won't be penalized. Zachary will be living happily at a licensed wildlife sanctuary soon enough. Fordham alum Peter Quint's career is expansive, from political speechwriter to now writing his own memoir. WFUV's David Escobar sits down with the author to talk about it. You are a true New Yorker in the sense that you have worked like every job I think there is possible. I guess the first question I really wanted to ask you is, you know, you've written all of these different like books, different genres. You haven't written a memoir before, at least in my understanding. So what's it been like to write about yourself instead of making up a story or telling a story about other people? Well, I was very reluctant. I always told myself, I'm not going to write a memoir. I don't want to do that. I don't want to dig in the past. And then the pandemic came along and I was, I've been working on a novel for a long time and I just started to write down different thoughts and it suddenly started to come out. It was a memoir. I was always afraid of writing a memoir, uh, I didn't have anything really to write about. My life wasn't that interesting. And uh, I didn't want to betray any confidences. But I have to say, the more I wrote, the more I said, yeah, I have seen a lot. I just wanted to tell the story from my perspective. And I say in the beginning, this is very subjective. 
I've seen all these tremendous changes in my lifetime, 50 years. It's like, you know, epic changes in the Bronx and New York and America. And just record what I, what I saw of that. Just real quick, like what's one job over your life that you never thought you would be doing? Speechwriting. <laughs> I've never met anybody with ambition to be a speechwriter. I was at Fordham and I wrote an article in America Magazine, the Jesuit Magazine, that somebody gave to the governor. And he really liked it. And they said, would you write the Fordham Law School commencement speech? I had never written a speech in my life. And if I knew now what I knew then, I probably wouldn't have done it. I did it and they really liked it. The John Jay commencement speech was the next week. So I wrote that. And then they offered me a job. I was a graduate student in the 70s. The economy was in the toilet. And I said, well, I'll do it for a year and then I'll go back and finish my degree. So I spent the next 30 years writing speeches. The speech writing was how I made a living. I had a, a passion to write and to write novels, but I couldn't make a living at it. So I would come in, I would work for two hours, and then they would put it in my bottom drawer. And I said, well, that's mine. They can't touch that. And as long as I had that manuscript and I was writing these novels, I could give the rest of the day to them. I was going to ask you, like, why you do it. You Like you say, like, it's hard to make a living and but you clearly just you have a passion for it. And I think that's that's kind of self-explanatory. Thing is, as speechwriters, you're supposed to not take any credit. I figured if I stayed a speechwriter in my life, nobody would ever know I existed. And then in all I could put my name on something. I remember when I, my first book came out, Banished Children, going to a bookstore and seeing my name on something, right? And it's like, yeah, I, I'm not anonymous anymore. I'm not like a scribe who died and was buried under the floor. Nobody knew existed. I walked into Scribner's on Fifth Avenue, which isn't there any longer. It was a great bookstore. And I walked in, and there was the book on a shelf. And I stood there so long, a clerk came over to me and said, are you all right? That was WFUV's David Escobar talking with author Peter Quinn about his new book, Cross Bronx, A Writing Life. Now let's head over to the world of sports with WFUV's Ryan Gregware. Can you update us on the Brittany Griner situation? Yeah, unfortunately, we have a resolution to the sentencing of Brittany Griner. A Russian court finally reached a verdict sentencing her to nine years in Russian prison for drug-related charges. This comes weeks after the Biden administration classified Griner as wrongfully detained and made what they believed was a substantial offer in order to bring her home. The sports world continues to mourn the loss of broadcasting legend and icon Vin Scully with tributes all across the country. The Yes Network, which broadcasts the Yankees games, played a different signature call of Scully's each half inning and reminisced about his legacy on the game of baseball and the broadcasting industry. Fordham and WFUV alum Michael Kay was on the call and has often called Scully a mentor of his as he talked about the impact on Fordham and WFUV with what he meant to baseball. And in the game, the Yankees fell to the Mariners, but help is on the way as Frankie Montas, the newly acquired pitcher from the A's, is set to meet the team in St. Louis and start in Saturday's game. This comes after the Yankees made a flurry of moves at the trade deadline in order to bolster their chances at a championship. So Ryan, what's going on today in football? The NFL announced that they would appeal the judge's decision to suspend Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson for six games. This comes after Watson was accused of sexual assault by 25 women. While the NFLPA accepted the six-game suspension for Watson, the NFL is now in charge of finding another judge to make yet another ruling on Watson. Lastly, in Fordham sports, Fordham football reported to camp yesterday as they get ready for their first game September 1st versus Wagner. Fordham heads into the season with sky-high expectations as they are picked to finish second in the preseason Patriot League poll. With WFUV Sports, I'm Ryan Gregware. Thanks, Ryan.
Streams of Kate Bush's 1985 single, Running Up That Hill, soared after the song was featured in an episode of Netflix's Stranger Things. It was then put on heavy rotation for many major radio stations and featured in millions of TikTok videos. So what other songs from the past deserve a resurgence? WFUV's Robin Shannon sits down with music director Russ Boris to get his thoughts. Okay, Russ, so you've been a music connoisseur for over two decades and a music lover for longer than that. So it's kind of unfair of me to ask you to pick your favorite song that should get the type of comeback that Running Up That Hill has seen. Instead, I'm going to ask you which songs on your list of favorites should make a comeback. And you can start with your first. All right. So this is not the easiest ask. You don't really know that you can hit this. Um, It's possible um, I mean, the Kate Bush thing, it just itself, you know, I don't know if they even knew it was going to turn into what it did. Right. Um, but I feel like New Order is a band that even though had a good amount of notoriety, maybe not as much as they deserved. And so if you're going to go through the New Order catalog, I was trying to settle on one particular song. And I think it was Bizarre Love Triangle that I thought if that got a sync somewhere in a you know, another Netflix series or another significant show or whatever, you know, you could see a little bit of resurgence on something like that. And why? I think there's just something to uh, the synth five, the electro. I think that's kind of where I got with the with the Kate Bush, where you're, everybody's walking around. They're like, dun, 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 dun. I mean, that's like everybody, you know, there's just something to connect people where it's not even necessarily words. And, you know, that's a big part of New Order. I think the words will shine through. But um, but the music really will stand stand out. Kind of like a vibe. A definite vibe. Definite sure. vibe. Do you yeah. have a second song on your list? Your Love from the Outfield is just sort of a, a ridiculous choice because I think the 80s is seen a little less cheesy right now in a weird way. Um, yeah, there's something t- to that 80s resurgence, I think, that's always been going on over the last, you know, m- in a musical standpoint, especially in the indie scene, just grabbing more of the like electronic stuff and synths and whatnot. Now, let's not do Your Love from that field. Let's do Just Can't Get Enough from Depeche Mode. Again, super um, synthy, poppy, bouncy. You hear it in certain circles, but that could get a serious bump. And, you know, I I could see that kind of coming back, too. And uh, traditionally, you know, hits are determined by which songs a record company promotes. So what do you think makes a song prime for a comeback? Do you think there's like a pattern or maybe some kind of formula? I don't think there is at all. No, No, I think it's just, um, it's serendipitous in a way. And, um, and it's kind of fun to watch, you know, uh, the magic of it all. We had an interesting conversation about the Kate Bush song because, um, you know, the record label doesn't even know what to do. You know, this is not something that happens. They're like, "What what are you guys? I said, well, in our case, we've always played this song. So it's, we, it would be weird for us to be like, let's just play it like 50 times a week now. And the audience would look at us and be like, we, we've already heard this. We, we like it. We like this song just fine, but we don't need to necessarily hear it you know, more. Um, so I just think that this is the kind of thing that that is so, I don't want to say random because it makes it feel like it comes out of left field in a negative way, but it does in a positive way. So it's not necessarily random, but it's just a, you know, a, a bit of an, an anomaly in a, in a way, you know, these things pop up. And no, I, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason or a strategy. I don't think you can craft this. All right. Thanks, Russ Boris. Thank you. Each week, Robin Shannon goes behind the scenes at WFUV with the Fuv Focus Spotlight. And that's our show for today. I'm Addison Colombo. And I'm Taylor Massetta. 
Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.